They're flushing the toilets now. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I'm your host, Perry, and I got Curtis and Swan with me this week. Guys, hello. Hello. What's up? Hey. Hi. Um, how you guys been? So good. So good? <laughs> I've been... You are so convincing, I've Swan. been the best I've ever been. I... You're both horrible, horrible liars. <laughs> I've actually been okay. I'm not lying when I yeah, say I'm that. Not... I mean, it's like I've actually had more bourbon recently than in... <laughs> Past episodes where it's like, what have you had since last time? Nothing. Not like, a that's daggum it. thing. Been trying a bunch of different stuff. Yeah. See, I haven't yeah. gotten on that yet, but I mean, I'm doing all right. Like, yeah, I'm just tired a little bit. But I get that. Good. I get that too. I'm tired as well. But uh, thank you all so much for tuning in for another week. We appreciate you all being here. We're gonna have a really fun little conversation on Heaven Hill and the brand and all their products and. Yeah, I'm excited about it. You guys know how big fans of Heaven Hill we are, and I figured why not take the time to just look through their catalog and enjoy some of their many offerings. Because, yeah, they do dominate about half the liquor store, even if you don't realize it. And I think that we've got a good representation of what they bring to the table here actually on the table. So, yeah, but before we get too far into it, our first pour, which is not really flying blind this week, um, but our first pour is Evan Williams 1783, and I figured it'd be a good way for us to acclimate our palate towards the Heaven Hill profile. How do you guys like this? It is easily one of my favorite below 90 bourbons, mm-hmm. which is, is a category it's not I don't... not my favorite. Yeah, I don't dip yeah. into that category too much. I mean, it's between this and the single barrel they put out, Evan Williams. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's... I don't think I have another single barrel bourbon that I even look at that much about like, well, what's the, what's the year that it came out? Like, you know, people go nuts over when it was put in the barrel with those, um, as looking towards flavor profile. I, I don't know. It's just solid. You can't go wrong with it. You can pick it up and anyone can start with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very approachable. It's really good. Um, and you, you know, like we were saying, we don't really pick that below 90 proof a lot. Rarely, uh, if ever, I would say. Yeah, exactly. And this is something that I would, I would pick up all the time. Yeah. And uh, it's a everyday sipper. It's eighteen dollars. Yeah, exactly. Hard. It's so hard to pass up one of these bottles for for that price. And I I don't think that it's the most. It's not the most updated branding or anything. Uh, So there's kind of this inclination to maybe look over it a little bit when you're looking on the shelves, but. Yeah, it's good. The guys over at the podcast recently have uh, maybe not totally rediscovered it, but they found that it's one of their new go-tos, mm-hmm. and um, you know we're spreading spreading the love about Evan Williams seventeen eighty three, and of course Sarah from It's Bourbon Night. Uh, she's been preaching the the gospel about this for years while. now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but there's a an interesting. Um, there's an interesting, like almost kind of barbecue note at the end of it like the very very tail end of the finish it's a smoky kind of mesquite barbecue flavor that is a really for me kind of a deep note that i wouldn't have expected with a bourbon that's this low of a proof yeah i usually just associate below 90 with watered down yeah 
and this has got some richness to it that a lot of them don't. Like, if, I don't know if it's just the magic 86 number that a lot of them towards the, like they gravitate towards. That maybe it's got a little bit more than just a regular 80 proofer, but I, I don't get any of this from Ancient Age or Mm-mm. the Four Roses Yellow Label. No way. I mean, it's this has got a lot more to it. Yeah, I think that there's something kind of special about this bottle that maybe just kind of underrated. It might just be kind of untapped in the, the popular market. So go buy this bottle. It yeah. won't set you back much. What you guys been drinking recently? I'm curious. I have been drinking my standard Henry McKenna tenure. <laughs> <laughs> Literally yeah. had a glass last night and was like, still like it. <laughs> you and I kind of veered off the path of bourbon the other night at your uh, Stock the Bar party. We sure know? did, yes. Yeah, we had margaritas. Yes, margaritas. And, had- and that's, kind, that's kind of been what I've been drinking lately. <laughs> Is margaritas. <laughs> tell, tell them about this really cool machine that you guys have. Yeah. So too. if we have a margarita machine, and the thing is awesome, and it's dangerous because you can make mar- a pitcher of margaritas in about 30 seconds. That's not a joke. <laughs> Someone's uh, eyes got real big. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's really awesome. So if you ever need margaritas and you're just like in the mood for it, or if you're really into it, go buy that machine because they're really good. <laughs> And it's got it all labeled to where you know like what to put in, how much to put in, oh, yeah. and, and everything. They, they have like a no-brainer mixer is what it's called. So awesome. And uh, great. you fill it up, and it has little markings, and then you open it up, goes into the pitcher, you close it back up, start it up. All right. Bourbon Rita's. Yeah. Next. Sometime. Yeah. Not next time. Sometime. I haven't we'll even. Do, I really haven't even thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do like a summer special episode before summer is over and everything, and we'll yeah. do. You know, Stephen was asking about this a couple weeks ago yeah. too. Uh, some summer, summer bourbon cocktails. So I don't need the kind of power that machine would give me. <laughs> well, that's not. That's like the lower grade, the lower model too. They have. They have one machine that has three pitchers that you can make at the same time. And it be, so if you want margaritas, daiquiris, and like pina coladas, you can have all three at the same time. It sounds like you could just take over the world at that point. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. what is that machine? Why do you need all that? Who looks Good at that question. and thinks, yes, this is what I need. <laughs> I don't know. It conquers the three major superpowers in the, in the world of government. Yeah. You could take over Lexington with that thing. Yeah. And then it assembles into Voltron <laughs> at some point. <laughs> the Bourbon Rita thing's cool, though. We should try that. Yeah, I think that'd be something interesting, a little interesting uh, experiment for us to do. Swan, what about you? I have been drinking the same thing, but a lot of it. David Nicholson Reserve. Yeah, you've been ta- you talked about that recently with me, too. Yeah, that stuff is just so good, man. It's, it's, I think it's distilled and aged in Kentucky, but it's bottled out of St. Louis. Uh, it's the one with the black label. The 1843 that they offer, I believe, is weeded, but mm-hmm. the black label is pretty good. If you like turkey, it's got a lot of turkey notes to it. Yeah, it does. So it's it's not necessarily a cheap alternative to turkey because I think it's more, and it's really around that 100 proof range. It's about 30 bucks, I think, 35, yeah. something like that. But it's if you have gotten to the point where you're like, I've had everything from turkey, I'm wanting to move on to something, but I'm not really looking to get way out of my comfort zone, it's a good one to try. As of the time of this episode actually releasing, we're now a week and a half removed from Lexington Burger Week, which I talked about 
on last week's episode with John Edwards from Dad's Drinking Bourbon and uh, all the burgers that I ate. I had eight burgers. Wow. Um, for a burger week. All was, right, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to uh, uh, bore everybody uh, with the list again because I went over it last week with John. But one of the best places that I went to was OBC Kitchen, of course. They had a Gorgonzola truffle burger. Mm. That was unbelievable. It was Kobe beef. Absolutely perfect. Um, definitely my best burger of the week. But I, while I was there, I had their new riff pick, which was really good. And and I remember having it when it first came out. And I was like, this is fine. You know, I'd rather have an off-the-shelf one. And then there's something about I think it's opened up quite a bit since they first got those bottles in. How you know? How you know you have a problem <laughs> when you know when, at the bar you go to that you had their pick when they first opened it. All right, back, here we go. <laughs> came back. <laughs> oh, it opened up a lot then. <laughs> Perry, it's been like four days. <laughs> You've been here every day. <laughs> I plead the fifth. So uh, <laughs> that's what I've been drinking. I just poured for everybody. Uh, well, I passed it around. Old Fitzgerald Prime Bourbon. This is the 86 proof version. Um, All right. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it's now 80 proof. This is a weeded bourbon. Okay. Of course. Um, this is in a little uh, little plastic 375, which can't really get too many of anymore. Yeah, I'm honestly, I'm trying to pick out notes from that 13-year we had and see if there's any, you know, reminiscent notes in it there's yeah. definitely some of those i would say some of the darker notes that were present in the 13 year but um it's interesting there's not a whole lot of lightness on the nose no there's not with this one you know how we had that like fried plantains thing with it yeah this is like just take the plantains out this is just the fried like the fried sugar caramel sugar yep. yeah. residue mm-hmm. i wish i could still get this mm-hmm. it's significantly better than the 80 proof Old Fitz Prime that's out right now. Mm-hmm. I'm also trying to compare it to this 1783 we just had because it's a weeder as opposed to one with rye in it. it it's kind of strange because I, I always think that it's going to have less kick, but at 86 proof, I'm just getting more sweetness off the weeded one than I do with the rye. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was getting to. With that being said, I had some more of that spice, though. Mm. I'm trying to pick up what the spice is specifically it's ginger yeah you're right it's like a gingerbread cookie Mm -hmm. it's definitely yep yep for sure as i kind of go in uh for a sip on it i i pick up a little bit more on the nose as well and i'm kind of finding some peanuts in there but also a little bit of cigar tobacco that that is not overly present but it's definitely there I'm not getting the cigar tobacco as much, but I'm getting the peanuts. And that could just be a product of I don't really smoke cigars, so I'm not really sure what I'm looking for. Sure. That's fair. It is good, though. I I really wish this was a normal shelf offering. And going back to the old Fitz Spot on a Bond that they used to put out, it's it's great. It's very reminiscent of that. Yeah. If you told me this was 86 proof, I'd be like, you're kidding. Yeah. I would have thought it was definitely in the 90s. Yeah. Just got so much flavor to it for so little proof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would gladly sip on this all night and not get in trouble. That's the best part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe you would. You might eventually. Yeah. You never eventually. know. Eventually. 
I'd have most of that pint before I was like struggling a little <laughs> bit. That's okay. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing about pints. It's got like an end point to it where you're like, all right. Yeah, it's a physical do this cutoff. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> the decision has been made for me. <laughs> anyway, let's uh let's talk about Heaven Hill. That's what we haven't been already. I love Heaven Hill. Yeah. Why do we love Heaven Hill? I am such a sucker for the baked good notes and they bring it uh-huh. better in my opinion than any other distillery. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it's to for me Elijah Craig is like just and I've heard Perry say this plenty of times. It's the staple for what I want in a bourbon. Yep. So if I Absolutely. if I can get notes of that and alterations of that and just more baked goods notes across their entire line, I'm perfectly fine with that. Not to mention my favorite expression, bottled and bond. They do it better than anyone else. Yep. It's it's hard to compare. I mean, you've got E. H. Taylor that puts out majority of their line bottled and bond. Great. Still not like. Evan Hill's doing. I mean, more, yeah. I'd say almost half their lineup is literally bottled and bond bourbons, and probably some that you're like, I've never heard of, or you overlook because let's face it, out of most of the distilleries that I look at, Evan Hill's branding's not fantastic, but it doesn't need to be. You know, it's it's very very good product. Evan Hill's branding, I would say, is generally kind of all over the place. There is no consistency. No, whatsoever. There, really, there really isn't. And I mean, I understand because they're kind of an umbrella company in terms of the different brands that they own and the different brands that they represent. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that a bottle of JTS Brown has to look just like a bottle of Elijah Craig, just has to look just like a bottle of Old Fitz. You know, there should be some kind of variance because, yes, they do own those different brands within the umbrella of the Heaven Hill company. That being said, though, yeah, there isn't a whole lot of, like, high-end consistency with it. I mean, you look at the branding of Turkey, it's all the, basically, you can tell that it's the same product across the board. It's all part of the same line. Yeah. I think the difference is that they have just different brand, like, such different brands. They have Elijah Craig, they have Aaron Williams, they have, you know, all these different renditions and and brands they aren't different like i think you want to have that difference in brand recognition because they all have that equity in it i i agree but my i guess my inclination or my you do kind of sorry you do you do kind of lose that like oh heaven hill makes that exactly that's what i was getting at is that i mean how long was it before you realized that elijah craig was a heaven hill brand oh a long, long time, time, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like they even go so far as to separate, to a degree, the Evan Williams brand from Heaven Hill itself. I mean, there is there is the Evan Williams experience in Louisville, which is totally removed from the Heaven, Heaven Hill, Hill distillery. <laughs> yeah. And you look at the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, Heaven Hill and Evan Williams... Are two different stops, but they're owned by the same umbrella company that identifies with both parts of the brand, and it's just kind of like it's a little weird. I get it. Yeah, I get the diversification of the por- the portfolio, but you know, I, I think it's interesting that there's not really as much of a cohesiveness 
in terms of, you know, knowing that each, unless you are a, a pretty knowledgeable bourbon drinker, there's not really a good indication as to whether or not, you know, this all is part of one company. Yeah. I think a lot of it probably goes back to like just financials and stuff like that. Sure. But on why they do that. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they, you know, Evan Williams has their whole experience. Well, that's just mm-hmm. one brand of what, what Heaven Hill is. It's like uh, Diageo uh, with Bullet and all that. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's not to say that, you know, most of the major brands are owned by other companies. Yeah. You know, um, Wild Turkey's owned by Campari. Jim Beam's owned by Beam Suntory, so is yep. Maker's Mark. I mean, there, yeah, there are bigger companies, but I think that Heaven Hill, where they're family owned, have been since 1935. Yeah, it's it's a different ball game, and something that I think would they would rather try to find a through line for to associate themselves with their mini brands. Swan has been sitting on something that he wants to say though. I mean, just like even on their. I'm looking at a bottle of, uh, bottle of Elijah Craig. It says distilled and bottled by the Elijah Craig Distillery Company, not Heaven Hill. Yeah. Now, I... That is interesting. Yeah, but to that point, you look at a bottle of Ancient Age, and it says bottled by the Ancient Age Distilling Company, which is Buffalo Trace now. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like kind of a... Why wouldn't you want to boast that you're Heaven Hill? I mean, I would if I was Heaven Hill. Even, like, just small on the... You know, it's distilled in... You know, it doesn't have to bring attention to it. Right. And I mean, like, it's not to say that they don't, in in a, maybe in a more specific mode, associate these many brands with their main one. But yeah, I, I, I am curious as to why, and this is probably a question for, you know, maybe not Bernie Lovers, but some of the other folks over at Heaven Hill as well. Why is there not this through line for their brands? I guess maybe the different, are they all, maybe they're all operated by like their own like set of management? I don't know. I, I, yeah, I kind of see what you're saying, but my, I guess my immediate rebuttal to that is Connor O'Driscoll is still the master distiller at Heaven Hill and he oversees all the distilling at Heaven Hill. You yeah. know, so maybe there is, maybe he does kind of divvy up the work between people, but I would say that it, it would make more sense for them to have a core team, you know, run by a couple of people, one person, whatever. I don't, sure. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I that's a lot of brands to go through. It is a lot of brands. One person. Yeah. Or like multiple people. Of course it is. So I wonder if that's how, like... Elijah Craig has an Elijah Craig team, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Kind of like Brown Foreman with Woodford. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do like they're they're really just laser focused on a lot of heritage stuff. Even some like going back to their branding, even some of their branding is a heritage thing. I mean, like the JTS Brown, the JW Dant, all of those, those have not changed in a long time. And the juices they've tried to keep, you know, as close to the original as they can. And they've they don't need all those brands separated. They could easily sell one bottled and bond bourbon if they want, but it's more of a heritage deal for them to keep them alive. That's just fascinating to me that they, they want to do all those different expressions. Yeah. Speaking of different expressions, we may have already had an 
Evan Williams product, but this is a special Evan Williams product. This is pre-fire. This is seven-year-old 90-proof Evan Williams, which I didn't know that it was ever 90-proof. And I think I knew at one point that it was age-stated, but it's (laughs) this one... It, look, it's been a minute since I've had some uh, some pre-fire, but I'm I'm excited for this. This is a nice little treat every now and then to remind myself of times long gone. Yeah. You don't get the dusty note. I didn't notice it. No, I I would say I really a like little a little bit of uh, like kind of mustiness, but it's not overpowering. Um just compared to the Evan Williams we had a minute ago, you get a little bit of a musty note, but it's not nearly as strong as turkey, where it hits you in the face with it. Man, there's a lot of cinnamon on the nose, though. Baking spices, man. I'm yeah, yeah, you. for sure. There's a greenery to it, too, that I'm not entirely sure what it is. I can't quite pick it up. If this were Evan Williams today, I would be buying Evan Williams all the time. Yeah, I would definitely keep a bottle of Evan Williams yeah. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> And I don't think the palate even... kind of switches a little bit to more of that smokiness. Yeah, it really does, especially on the back end. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, there's you can definitely taste like the barrel char mm-hmm. towards the end of it. Man, that's good. It packs a little bit of heat for a ninety proof, but it does. for somebody that likes to drink hundred to hundred and twenty, usually, I like that. Yeah. It's interesting, too, that, I mean, we haven't even gotten past 90 proof. Mm-hmm. We might not for a couple of pours, either. But we've not had anything, I would say, negative to say about these products so far, right? Not at all. I mean, even at a lower proof, we're saying they're still full-bodied. They still have a lot of characteristics to it. They don't taste like they're watered down. They aren't one note. Exactly, yeah. There's There's... A really wide range of complexity with Heaven Hill products, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yes, there may be something to be said, and uh, you know there was a conversation I saw recently about this too, about whether or not age statements have actually, you know, affected the quality of the products that we're buying, or whether or not it was just kind of, you know, a product of the growing bourbon market or whatever, but. I think that Heaven Hill, if you look at what they're doing and how many different facets of their industry they are taking on, they are doing it so ridiculously well. They are. Yeah, I mean, even when their limited releases come out, they're generally easier to find than some of the, you know, Buffalo Mm -hmm. Trace ones. Yeah, William Heaven Hill, they just had a 12-year-old come out. Um, at cast strength mm-hmm. that from what i understand is fantastic didn't uh, it wasn't it like over 140 i think so just something ridiculous yeah i might i might have to get a bottle you might have to yeah. <laughs> i might have to make a special trip to bardstown yeah to but i mean up. they're they're really big about keeping good product in their gift shop which is phenomenal because i love buffalo trace don't get me wrong but the ability for me somebody who actually lives in frankfurt to go pick up a bottle of blanton's or eh taylor is it's hard, but every single time I go to the Heaven Hill gift shop, it's like, here's something you probably won't find on the shelf. Here's a Heaven Hill 125 proof Elijah Craig grenade, uh-huh. and 
you know, here's a lot of our offering, you know, here. I think it's important, too, to talk about the way that family has played into the Heaven Hill brand. Like I said, they've been family-owned and operated since 1935. Uh, Founded by members of the Beam family, um, and, uh, you know, up until a couple years ago, they had master distillers and owners who were, you know, really, really super involved in the brand and everything. But I think that by maintaining this awareness or this identity of what you're doing not just in the the wide scope of the brand but you know in your day-to-day activity i think that's really important for distilleries now and not something that we see all that often but i think that heaven hill kind of has it they have it right i think so too and i think honestly they're looking at the market and adapting to it better than a lot of other people are right now. Because I think at the beginning of this show, when I first started doing it, I would say we're missing extra age weeded bourbon. We never got any of it. I mean, the only one we had was the um, WLW. Yeah, and for sure. They made the move to pull off their you know old fits, bottled in a bond, and put up ultra aged, call back to you know, the old decanter style bottles, old fits. They filled the they filled the gap and quickly, and whatever we you know we're complaining about not having age statements, they put an age statement on it. Mm-hmm. I mean they're they're looking at the complaints and literally putting out stuff that accordingly. So I mean that for them to, you know even family owned or even company owned if you were to go with that to look at that and then adapt to it and put out product for that need that's just awesome. Have you noticed similarities between all that we've had so far? Of like, pick out, oh, this is all kind of Heaven Hill. Or have you noticed like a different profile on all? I think that everything's been pretty unique so far. Um, While they they may still have some kind of bits and pieces here that are similar, I think overall, yeah, they've been kind of their own thing. Yeah, we did just have Evan Williams 1783 versus an Evan Williams pre-fire product but i mean yeah and we're we're only really three pours in i think once we we start getting into some of their more more of their common stuff stuff that's you know you know i would say maybe more widely available or more associated with their brand i think that's going to be where we kind of start seeing similarities Mm -hmm. um from product to product yeah but i just wanted to keep that question in mind as we go through it just because Mm -hmm. That'll be an interesting uh, topic to see. Yeah. On, oh, yeah. For sure. This really sure. does have the similarities or differences within their brands. Why don't we um, then jump into a brand that we've already talked about? I would say Elijah Craig. Uh, fortunately, this is a 12 year old rear age stated. So I figured we'd jump into this a little bit if you guys are okay with that. Yeah. Oh, no. Not that. <laughs> That would be awful, Perry. Special shout out, by the way, to Joseph Brazo for uh, finding me a replacement for this bottle, uh, which means that I can enjoy this a little bit more often than I have been. Yeah, and it probably has a cork that's together. That's not in two pieces. (laughs) Well, really, it's now one piece because I don't know where the topper is. Anyway. (laughs) 
I think that we can't have a conversation too about Heaven Hill without talking about, and we touched on it just very briefly. But the the fire of nineteen ninety six. Yeah. That to me, in in kind of in kind of broad strokes, though, for me seeing and and really now in 2018, 2019, seeing what happened with the fire and the way that other distilleries and people responded in the community, that to me was kind of a defining moment for what bourbon is and can be and why competition is not always the best aspect when talking about bourbon. Because after the fire, companies like Jim Beam, uh, Brown Foreman were supplying barrels to Heaven Hill to get their stock back up. Uh, it really wasn't until 1999 when they bought the Bernheim facility in Louisville that they kind of got their feet back planted again and, and were really able to fully 100% you know, get themselves back up. And yeah. So it just is special to me to see the way that people can and and will respond in times like that when it comes to bourbon. Sorry. I agree. Yeah. yeah I mean, okay. <laughs> sorry. Silence. Uh, I, I agree that, I mean, the community of bourbon, like it's a very unselfish and uh, community around that. Cause I mean, if from the drinkers to the distillers, to the companies, you can see that within everything. Um, like when you talk about bourbon, you talk about relationships and, you know, memories and friendships that you had. And, yeah. And the fact that a competition, a competitor, after something that happened, that ideally they're sitting there going, we could do, we could make, a, like, be the front runner. We could hold the market share of this. And to be like, no, any bourbon is good bourbon. We need to help the companies that, you know, Heaven Hill after this. Right. That, that was uh, really cool. I mean, it, you can look at the giant scale of companies, and then you can also look at just the individual scale, like just the people that drink it. I mean, it's nuts to me when we hang out with anybody that listens to this, and they're like, oh, I brought a box. I'm going to call you out, buddy. Dustin, every time oh, he comes yeah. over, he brings a whole box of bourbon. <laughs> I'm like, you brought the liquor store with you, buddy. You don't, We got a cabinet upstairs. And he's just like, have you had this? Have you tried this? And I'm like, this is insane. It's crazy. And it's never just... You know, cheap stuff. I mean, people are so in love with this product, they're willing to share it regardless of the price or what it sets them back. And, I mean, there's just yeah. wonderful stuff that happens every day just because people are not selfish about sharing it. It's it's insane. So you can look at it, you know, as Dustin, or you can look at it as the Company. entirety of bourbon. And it's it's nuts. I mean, it's, it's great. And most people we interact with in bourbon are like that. Dixon huge oh yeah absolutely yeah he's like oh you you like turkey here's some you know cheesy gold foil from forever ago i don't even know when it was from you know and he just pulls it out and pours it like it's nothing yeah but i mean to get one of those bottles is insane i also think the burger community community is still fairly small so it still has that kind of interweaved fibers to to keep it connected a little bit i mean yes we're going through the bourbon boom and the bourbon booms happened, you know, all that. But if you go outside of like 
some of these states, you go, a lot of people are like, sorry, I don't drink bourbon. I don't even know. Oh, you want some bourbon? Yeah, I got Jack Daniels. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, our, yeah, one of our friends of the show, Christian, is over in uh, uh, Greece right now. And he sent a, a picture to our little group chat of a menu from a restaurant where he was. And it said, it said special whiskeys, malts, and bourbon. Um, Chivas, Dimple, Glenfiddich, Jack Daniels, and Johnny Walker Black Label. No bourbon. <laughs> yeah, there's no, none of that is the No name. bourbon on that menu. Even though they claim that there is bourbon on that menu. One day. They'll get it on there one day. It's okay. <laughs> to all our listeners in Greece, help your fellow bourbon drinkers out. So, Elijah Craig 12 years are real good, right? It's so good, man. Yeah. It's so good. It's so different but than the, the normal one that they've got on the shelf now, but I don't know. It's For me, it is, but it, I think it's just the extra heat. I still and there's some more of that mapley note that you were hinting at, but the one on the shelf now, I guess that's really what it's missing is, is those two things. So the, as far as like the age, if I was just complaining about the difference in age, I don't know if I could really tell a difference. I don't think I would either. The differences that I could tell was the maple syrup, caramelized brown sugar mm-hmm. kind of vibe to it that smell yeah it's more of a sugary sweetness overall Mm. i like the one that's on the shelf right now too though that's the problem Uh, yeah i mean elijah craig is just one of those that i tend to reach for yeah there's not many standard offering bourbons that come out in 175s that i'll actually buy the 175 Mm -hmm. i always go for the small one elijah craig i think i've got two 175s at home right now because eventually I'll go through them. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're just so solid. It's hard not to. So I went through a period where I was thinking that I couldn't find any good Elijah Craig store picks. Because I hadn't really had a good one. Ever. And there was something that hit recently. I don't know what it was. Whether it was just a group of people who, who were able to get their hands on really good barrels. Or, you know, Heaven Hill brought out some of their older stock, their better stock, whatever it was. But I've all of a sudden started seeing better Elijah Craig picks recently. There's one on the table. It's 13 years. Which is nuts. That's pretty insane. Uh, It's from Total Wine here in Lexington. Um, I'm excited for this one. I think I cracked it open the day that I got it and was like... Oh, here we go. <laughs> See, I've never gone this way. Usually I have the 12-year and then go back to the new one that's rumored to be, what, like 9-ish? Uh, it's a blend of 9 to 12, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, this I've never gone the other direction. I've actually never had the 18, 20, or 23 that they put out. So, funny story about a bottle of the 18-year. The I was over at my my father-in-law, Brett's, once, and having a good night and everything. And I remembered he had a bottle of Elijah Craig 18. I was like, Brett, why don't we have some? He was like, okay, sure, let's do it. 
pulls it out, and it's got that milky cloudiness of oh. bourbon that's had the cap off for a long time or has been sitting in the sun or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, we can't drink this. <laughs> this is the equivalence of spoiled milk <laughs> to bourbon. And I went from, in terms of excitement, zero to a, or a hundred to zero really, really quickly. Yeah. Right. And then you proceeded to have it. No, I had none of it. I was <laughs> staying as far away from that as possible. This is not as um, hot smelling to me. It's like the last one had more char or like ethanol or something to it. Alternatively, I don't think the nose is too sweet either. I'm picking up a little bit more cinnamon on the nose here. I don't really get that. Maybe I'll get it on the palate. I'm getting more cinnamon. On the palate, I'm, I'm getting a hibiscus. Interesting. And like honeysuckle. More of a floral. And that's odd, but right on the front. Yeah, I get it a little bit. The finish is, uh, I think, quite a bit better than the 12-year. I think the finish is probably the best part of this. Um, not to say that the, the front and middle of the palate is bad. Um, yeah, the front of it is really sweet. It has that honeysuckle flavor to it. Yeah. The middle palate, though, is super dry. Super oaky and dry. Mm -hmm. But once it gets into the finish, I think is where it, this really kind of starts to all come together. And it really does become an enjoyable flavor profile. Out of the two, I think this is my favorite. I'd have but to it's agree. hard to compare. Just yeah. Because, you know, well. I can't get either of these. Like, it's not like I can go buy them now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> No, it's all good. I mean, if you've got some Heaven Hill that I can't buy, I'm all for trying it. I got some. Oh, just a few bottles. It's okay. The progression of the from the front of the palette to the finish is just so good. It's wild, man. It's a it's roller really coaster. I mean, it's a nice progression from sweet to smoky to dark. I've had a lot of Elijah Craig, and for me, there's not a, a ton of variance in some of the picks. I mean, I, I got one that literally just tasted like it was the regular offering. Maybe it yeah, was. Yeah, you gave me a bottle of that. <laughs> yeah, and it was just the strangest thing. I don't know why. You slapped a label on it and charged Said you 10 more dollars. Yeah, but th they're all still pretty good. I've not had one that I've been just like turned off by, I guess. it was. They're all pretty good stuff. I don't know. I, I wish there was more variance in Elijah Craig picks, but I also think maybe that's one of the limiting factors with Heaven Hill is they've got so many different offerings. They kind of have to have a pretty narrow selection process for, you know, some of their barrel pick stuff. Yeah. Because if not, it's going to veer off into a different variety they yeah. offer. Mm -hmm. This is a really lingering bourbon. Oh, yeah. It's hanging around. I mean, I, as as it's starting to get towards the back end of the finish, I'm getting marshmallow and a little bit of like orange peel, a lot of fruitiness to it. I would say too, it's kind of like this would it. And I think that if you were to do something with this bourbon, like maybe put it in an old fashioned, it might get lost. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I think they would probably become just this overly cohesive note of orange, of orange, of citrus, of, you know, some of the sweeter flavors. I like this pour. I don't know personally if I like it more than I did the 12 year. It's eh, just me. That's though. fine. That's fair. Just me, though. <laughs> I got a question about Heaven Hill for you guys. I would love to answer your question about Heaven Hill. What do you feel like is missing from their ginormous lineup? What would you like to see from them? I would like to see a higher proof offering that is readily available. Like an old granddad one fourteen kind style. of maybe maybe even like a Knob Creek single barrel around the honey one hundred and twenty proof range. Doesn't necessarily have to be that high. I mean, yeah, it could be one ten to one fifteen, but I think that I think that Heaven Hill really does shine in higher proof releases. Mm-hmm. Elijah Craig barrel proof is a really good example of that. I've not had a bad one. I've just had ones that aren't as good as others. Yeah. You know? So, yes, you can get Elijah Craig Barrel Proof if you hunt a little bit now, but they just don't have anything that's consistently higher proof other than maybe, say, Pikesville, which we're going to be talking about here a little bit later, that you can kind of just walk in and, and pick a bottle of up. I don't, I don't know. I think that that's maybe something that they're missing. I could get behind that. Just a higher proof offering. One one ten to one twenty. I think I would say I mean, it's probably more of like their like a barrel pick kind of stuff, like we were saying. Yeah. But that I mean you can't say that because that's not a you know, standard offering. Standard offering, I guess maybe like more of a, a rye selection. Cause how many different ryes do they have? They've got two. Rittenhouse and Pikesville. So two. <laughs> so two. So I, maybe uh, venture off into some more of that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, uh, you know, Pikesville is a staple, but I wonder if there's, like Rittenhouse, I ha- at least I haven't heard of that that often. So. Rittenhouse is kind of a behind-the-bar cocktail yeah. thing that yeah, they, yeah. Use, they use it a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've ordered a rye cocktail, there's a good chance it's had Rittenhouse in yeah. it. So I guess I'd like to see more of a rye if I could just dream for me, 15-year Elijah Craig barrel-proof picks. Or just like offerings. 15-year? Oh, okay. 15. Why so old? I just want... I've had... I've heard such good things about the 18 through 21, but I after I get past that 15 mark, for me, it's almost too much. Okay. So I was kind of wanting something right there on that edge of like just... Interesting. Extra age with a lot of proof. Because I think that it would be almost too much for some people, but I could get used to it. What if they made Elijah Craig Barrel Select into a barrel pick program? Kind of oh. like Knob Creek does with Kinda, their 120? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so this would be 125. I think you keep you keep it at the same proof that Elijah Craig Barrel Select in the gift shop is. But it's a barrel program. That'd be that cool. I'd be all yeah. over it. I wouldn't even mind if they bottled it in the little grenades for shops. You know? 
<laughs> that would be pretty cool too, honestly. Yeah, like could I would you, be upset about that if they did picks in those and just sent them out. That'd be very cool. Or like a very curated selection of things, kind of like the you know, like a Woodford, you know, what Masters collection or is that what they call it? Yeah, yeah. So they they actually kind of have something like that. Um, it's the Parker's Heritage Collection. Okay. Um, that that comes out every year, and it's Shows in, what I know. Well, no, I mean that's fine. I, I, we get to have these conversations yeah. together. Uh, the Parker's Heritage Collection was created in honor of Parker Beam, who passed away from Lou Gehrig's uh, a few years ago, and it, every bottle, a percentage of it goes to you know research into ALS. Um, there's always something different about it. There was at one point like a, a, a twelve year bottled and bond. There was a twenty four year. Yeah, a there weeded was, malt. Yeah, exactly. Last year's was the the Curacao finished barrels. Mm-hmm. There's just a you know this kind of limited edition range that they they provide for people. The William Heaven Hill too, which you can actually only really get at the distiller, right? I've heard there's some distribution on it, but I've never seen it, so I don't, I don't know think how true I ever that is. have either. Yeah, I've never seen it outside the gift shop. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't really either. But yeah, they have kind of that higher end, yeah, okay, yeah. thing. But it's kind of few and far between. If you, it does not sit on the shelf like Woodford does. Oh no, well, yeah, it's yeah. not. No, it does not. I mean, I think I've granted. <laughs> Alternatively, they have like a whole master's collection with their their portfolio of stuff too. So true, and it's like half the liquor store. Yeah. Now Heaven Hill does a lot of great stuff. They're not really known, I guess, for experimenting. Yeah. I mean, they do. The, they experiment with their Parker's Heritage, and people grab it the second it comes out. I mean, just this year, for me to get one bottle. I went to probably 20 or 30 different stores looking for orange carousel finished bourbon, which I didn't even really want. I just wanted it for the bottle. And it came down to me flipping a coin with a guy and I lost. <laughs> like, that's how Jeez. hard it is to find. I mean, it's it's ridiculously difficult. Um, yeah. And then you go home and you look at the reviews and you're like, I can't believe I didn't get that bottle. And you're like, it's not great. It's kind of weird. If you like orange, maybe it's for you. It's just, eh, it's not great. And I'm still like, I still want this bottle. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but then you got Woodford Oak Grain still sitting on the shelf. So it might be for somebody. Now, Swan, you also brought some stuff to the table tonight. What did you happen to bring us? I brought, and this is what I just poured. We're having some age-stated fighting cock. It's a six-year. They've since discontinued the age Lovely friend, Adam Terry, listener of the show. Adam Terry, congrats on your baby. Gave me this bottle. Congrats on your baby. I mean, it's been a couple months at this point. but I'm still proud of you, man. You're making it. I'm sure you're tired. Have a drink for us. But, yeah. Have a drink for us. We'll have a drink for for, him. For you, yeah. But, anyways, still, I've actually not opened this. I haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, this is a fresh crack. This is a fresh crack. We're going to see how it is. Now, um, I was explaining this to Curtis a little while ago. It's this is kind of a direct competitor to Wild Turkey 101. It's um about the same proof. This one comes in at 103 and you've got Wild Turkey fighting cock, you know, you can see the similar just in in that. Um but it's have an old product. So I'd be kind of curious as a person that doesn't like Wild Turkey 101 if this is any better. The nose on it's definitely not as 
fragrant as Wild Turkey 101. Yeah. yeah. I think that it has a lot more sweetness to it, though, on the nose than Turkey 101 does. For sure, yeah. I mean, and we, on the palate, for that matter. We always give it that, like, almond butter quality to this Wild Turkey 101. Not have this it. is totally different direction. This is butterscotch and caramel. It, uh, very much so, though, butterscotch. Yeah, this is baked goods. Oh, yeah. And I think that's probably why I like it a little bit more. <sighs> it's okay. No, it's no, more... no, no. <laughs> Swan, I will not allow this in this podcast studio. Curtis, you are accepted and you are loved. You might be wrong, <laughs> but you are accepted. No, man, I, I, I think that this is still a very good bourbon. I just prefer 101 over it. But I can understand why you would prefer this over like, 101. Yeah, I like the baked goods note a little better, and it's not as rough around the edges to me. I feel like it's just a little smoother, like on the palate. I will say that there is still that that note or weird thing that I get that I'm like, mm, it's a little bitter. I wonder if... It has something to do with the proof range. Maybe I don't. But he doesn't do that with bottled and bonds. I love bottled and bonds. That's true. But maybe I don't. I don't know. Maybe there is just one hundred to one hundred five is not your range. <laughs> <laughs> but one hundred is one hundred one so, to yes, one hundred five is yeah. not your range. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if it, I, I. It has to be the mash bill. I would assume. I guess maybe it's just high rye bourbons in general. But, I mean, this one's, I don't really think it's that. But it's that. not that high rye. You know? No, because this is just a standard mash bill. I mean, if you took this down to 94, it could potentially be Elijah Craig, you know, if it fit the profile. I don't know. It's I definitely, definitely different. I definitely enjoy this one a lot better than the 101. I, I think figured. 101 fits the my category of like 100 to 110 better for me personally if i'm just looking at bourbons that i can drink for cheap this one's dirt cheap getting one of these on the shelf is not it is not a big deal now this is the age stated the regular on the shelf it's pretty close they didn't really lose a whole lot with the age statement on this one there's some that i feel like they lose quite a bit uh but this one's not too bad um if you're not a turkey fan and you want something a little stronger this might be one to pick up because We've mentioned a couple times on this one that, you know, sometimes the branding on this is a little difficult and maybe not super strong, so it is easy to look over, but it's it's definitely worth picking up, especially with the dumb name, but, you know, yeah, it's it's good stuff. It's an ugly bottle. It's not I mean, great. It's not, very, I, it, very, it, it's, it's not the prettiest bottle you can find, but um, I don't know. I think there's something of an appeal to it because of that. <laughs> Just maybe it, just in sheer curiosity. Yeah. Like, I mean, for crying out loud, we had Redneck Riviera. <laughs> yeah, just because we saw it. Just because we saw it. I was like, hey, we should, we should maybe try this. But, like, I, I would pick this up just because I was wondering. I, I would have been wondering if it's good or not. And I think it's good. I, I think that this it's is something good. that people should uh, should explore. Yeah, I think 101 and Fighting Cock are good bourbons. They just are not my profile. Yep. 
I mean, fine. Yeah. No, it's okay. I don't Sorry. care. <laughs> no, I don't care, dude. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying, like... If you... Here's the thing. If you I went... I don't like Turkey 101, and everybody else who does is stupid. That Then I would be upset over it, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, like, what? whatever, man. You like what you like. That's what's important. It's just odd that there's, like, two. There are two that I'm just, like, gives this bitter... So you kind of note that I do not want. So what I'm hearing is that you don't like bourbons associated with birds. What you got against birds, man? But I like wild turkey, like rare breed, and all the other ones. It's just one on one. All right, fair enough. Um. <laughs> but you know, going back to your point, there's just some that you don't like. There's actually one from Heaven Hill I just don't like. What's that? The 90 proof green label, Heaven Hill. Okay. I just, I don't know. It's not my favorite. Yeah. Every time I've had it, I'm just like, ah, this is like so close to what I want, but it's just not what I want. Mm. And I, for that reason, have had this same bottle of 90 proof green label and probably eight to 10 bottles of the 100 proof bottled and bond six years that they used to put out and gone through every single one of those without finishing my green label huh it's just not it's not my favorite yeah and there shouldn't be any reason for me to dislike it it's 10 proof points lower <laughs> than the other one yeah i mean I, I just never reach for it so much so that when we did our blending episode i was like i wanted to make this better because i didn't like it but you didn't do it <laughs> no not really but <laughs> i tried yeah uh, i don't know I guess everyone's I got their I mean, thing. I think everybody just has a something that they are not going to enjoy. Well, I figure we have one more pour before we get into the review. And this is one that has been kind of divisive for people so far in 2019. But this is Elijah Craig Barrel Proof B519. Coming in at 122.4 proof. Swan, I'll let you do the honors and pour first. Oh, thank goodness. I'm going to fill up the whole Glen Karen. <laughs> That's a lot of bourbon there, champ. I got the weirdest note off of this. Do tell. Have you ever, like, completely finished, like, a pizza or whatever and opened the pizza box and just the smell of, like... Cheese and cardboard? Cheese and cardboard. I have. I, I get a new shoe smell. <laughs> this is so strange. It smells like leather. Yeah. I'll agree with that. I'm not getting the cardboard. I don't pizza, know. But the the new shoe leather kind of sounds good. It's kind of a perfumey smell. You know what I'm getting remnants of? A little bit, and this probably shouldn't make sense, but a little bit of the nose from uh, the WLW. That fragrant floral yeah perfume nose. you know what i'm really picking up now and i really am not smelling new shoes it is masked by what i would what what i am now processing as buttered popcorn but nowhere near the level of dickle no 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 no, 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 no. okay no it's it's like good quality buttered movie popcorn mm, okay it's like a gourmet popcorn it's like 
it's if, not you're not finding that at the movie theater. It's like the kid from the local high school is coming around to your house and they're selling bags of popcorn for their school fundraiser or their band fundraiser. And you're like, I guess I'll buy a couple of bags of it, but I don't really want to buy all these bags of it. And so you buy like two because you feel bad. One standard, one's crazy. The crazy one is like Funfetti and the normal one is just butter. And you get the butter one and it's like, oh, this is really good. But the Funfetti one, you're like, why did I do this? And the regular one, you're like, this is even better than I thought it was. See, I thought mine was, was specific. Very with specific. With the pizza box. What? What was specific? Just, you know. The Boy Scout that you bought popcorn that from. That whole scenario oh. you made. <laughs> Man, that that's palette. good. Mm-hmm. I can tell you this is not my favorite that's come out over the past few years. This is well, really good, though. But it is definitely hard to say this is a bad bourbon. Oh, by any the means. back end of that palette into the finish, though, is spectacular. Yeah. Spectacular. Oh, Oh, the oak and the 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 buttery popcornness of it that I was getting on the on the nose, mm-hmm. that starts kind of playing together. There's like a caramel note to it as well. Dag on it, man! I think this is a really good. <laughs> I think this is a really good Elijah Craig Barrel Proof release. Yep. It reminds me more of old Elijah Craig Barrel Proofs. Not that it's exactly like them, but I think that it has similar notes to it. There has been just kind of this common note in Elijah Craig Barrel Proofs recently with more oak and a stronger caramel note. But this, though, just seems to have a more well-rounded profile, I would say. See, I lean towards the more butterscotch, caramel-heavy you know, notes from the past couple of releases. Okay. So this one's... I think that's why... It, Maybe it's not my favorite that they've put out in a little while. But I, I tend to go towards the sweeter bourbons, the ones that have those like that stray away from the savory notes. While I do like them and they've got their place, but the, it's just not something I pick up as much, especially when it's got Elijah Craig on the bottle. Yeah. So I could definitely that- see why some people would say maybe this isn't the strongest release. Maybe I didn't like it. I'm kind of questioning whether i should get the next one or not but it's still so good yeah and i totally understand what you're saying um but i think this is i would classify as this this finish is one of the best i've had in a long time the finish on this is just ever yeah it's (laughs) i mean really the the flavors just kind of keep compounding on themselves and from the palate from the nose it just intermingles very well and also after the I had the first sip and I was like, okay, it's got a nice little heat to it. But then you have another sip and another sip and it, it builds upon it. Not to the point of it's too much heat, but it's just a warming kind of consistent yeah. feeling. Yeah, It's one of the, the best finishes I've had in a long time. I think the finish is definitely the strong suit. I think the only thing that I, if I had to pick a weak point for this, it'd be the nose. I just want more. I mean, it's still so, so good. Saying a weak point for this thing is kind of a joke. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's, it's a great bourbon. It's just whether or not you identify with that profile, I think. And I think that's why a lot of people are kind of confused about it. Because, it, like you said, it's not that super, you know, baked goodsy, caramel heavy nose. It's still there. It's just not hitting you in the face with it. I'm trying to approach this from 
maybe not an Elijah Craig barrel proof stance, but from just is this good stance. That's probably appropriate. I think this is really good. Yeah. I yeah. didn't feel this way about the A119. I thought the A119 was good at best. This is great. I don't want to compare too much, but this is one of my favorite releases that have come out this year. This year? Yeah. I'd have to agree with you. Yeah. If I'm just taking the name off the bottle, probably one of my favorites that have come out this year. We might have to do a full-on, you know, blind bracket and everything for... Oh, I'll break out the Lazy Susan. I got you. I know you will. We can do it. I know you will. But just just for our our 2019 bourbon of the year, whiskey of the year, whatever it is. Um, Because I feel like we maybe are not biased, but we know kind of brand-wise what we like and everything. But I think that there is an opportunity for us to step back and try to find new ways to understand what we really did like from this year. And I mean, yeah, it's only July. We have plenty of time to plus we haven't done a, you know, blind. Oh gosh. It's been forever since we've done a blind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In a long time. I would like to do a double blind episode where none of us know what we're actually drinking. And maybe it's, Lucy that pours stuff for us. But I just, I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. So that'd be really cool. I want to do a Kentucky roulette episode, put six pours over there, spin it. One's awful. The other five are great. (laughs) Final verdict on heaven Hill. I would say that they are one of the most diverse and accessible distilleries out there. I always encourage people to go and visit them if they can. And honestly, you know, look a little bit more into what their brand profile is because there are things out there that you may not have even known they actually produce. And again, you know, across the board, I don't think that there's anything bad from Heaven Hill. Just take the time to venture into what what they make, what they have on the shelf. And so. if you visit Kentucky, pick up a bottle of J.W. Dant, T.W. Samuels, and J.T.S. Yeah. Brown. Oh, yes. man, I left out T.W. Samuels on this episode. Oh, it's okay. We've had plenty of good stuff. But yeah, fair enough. It just If you visit Kentucky, pick those up. They're going to be on the bottom shelf. You're going to ask the liquor store owner, hey, do you have this? And he's going to look at you like, why would I carry that? <laughs> and it's probably still going to be on the shelf because he forgot about it. But it's it's good stuff, um, and they're all dirt cheap, you know. I mean, it's they're all Kentucky only. Curtis, final thoughts? Yes. Okay, there you go. Curtis's final thoughts. <laughs> no, for real though. Heaven Hill products are just like you should definitely pick up any and every that you can find. Like almost all of them are very good. Um, there's very few products that they put out that you would not like. Especially if you like the baked goods. If you have a profile of a baked goods kind of note, then you should definitely pick that kind of a, kind of stuff up. One, one thing we didn't get to, and, and Swan brought it along with him, but the Mellow Corn, is a, a, it's a bottled and bond corn whiskey. People may hear that and go, 
why would I be interested in trying that? But I think that there is quite a bit of merit in a corn whiskey at 100 proof and four years old that is severely overlooked by whiskey or bourbon drinkers. Yeah, and I, I, I think a lot of it has to do with color. <laughs> oh, it looks light. It's very, it looks light. very light. If you're, if you're a Scotch person and you're looking for something, this is kind of like some of the Scotches look, especially like Japanese whiskey and stuff. It's very, very light, yep. but it's got quite a bit of flavor to it. You'd be surprised. So that does it for our conversation on Heaven Hill products. But we are not quite done just yet. We have a little review for you guys as well. Before we get to it, though, because we are reviewing a rye whiskey instead of a bourbon whiskey, I figure that we should probably acclimate our palates a little bit towards rye whiskeys, and we'll stay within the Heaven Hill profile, and we are going to head over to Rittenhouse Straight Rye Whiskey. It's bottled and bond, of course, 100 proof, at least four years old, just so we kind of get our minds set where they need to be. It still has a baked goods note to it. It does. Have you guys ever smelled witch hazel? Yeah. Oh, okay. Does it smell like that to you? I think it does, yeah. It's kind of cool. Because I always thought that stuff smells good. It'll probably kill you, but you shouldn't drink it. <laughs> yeah, don't it's, have it. it still smells pretty good, you know? God, if it tasted like this, I might actually do it. Same. If witch hazel did? Yeah. You can tell on the nose and on the palate that it's... Not one of the higher rye whiskeys out there, but there are still shades of the rye note. Like, you can tell that it's over 50% rye, but this is more of like what I would consider rye bread Mm -hmm. than a rye whiskey. You know, like it's still sweet. It's still got a, a baked quality to it. I, man, I like this one a lot. Yeah, I do too. And a lot of people will call this a cocktail whiskey because they use it in cocktails so much. But honestly, it's a good sipper too. I mean, I feel Mm -hmm. like it might be getting overlooked a little bit. I'm getting kind of like a pumpernickel bread. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because there is kind of like a, a, a raisin quality to it. I'm definitely As getting well. the raisin quality. Raisin, cinnamon, rye. It, it it all kind of cohesively forms into a bread note. Which sounds really generic. Yeah. I mean, I'm just getting... Now that you said it, I'm getting like a cinnamon raisin swirl bread. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. no, I get that. I totally get that. Which, by the way, with some syrup over top, if you've toasted it, excellent. It's like poor man's French toast. Might have to do that. That sounds really good. (laughs) (laughs) Might do that before I go to bed now. Yeah. (laughs) Just eating syrup bread before. What is it? What are you getting? Oh yeah, no, I'm definitely getting the raisin. I don't. I get the cinnamon. I'm having a hard time picturing the bread. Okay. Personally, but it, it's it's really it, it's good. I I think I really need to pick up a bottle of this because it's one I overlook all the time. 
and we're going to talk about it here in a second, but I always grab the Pikesville just because of the proof and the, you know, how much I hear people talk about it. And I overlook this one, especially knowing that a lot of people tend to throw it in cocktails and I just don't drink a whole lot of cocktails. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I definitely feel like I've overlooked it trying it now. Well, I think we probably should grab for the Pikesville at this point, though. For sure. Yeah. So, Swan. One of my favorite corks, by the way. This is 110 proof? Okay, I almost said 115. I am really excited to review this one. I've only had limited experience with it, but I know how many people view it. Honestly, it doesn't smell that dissimilar from the Rittenhouse. It, I don't even pick up the extra proof on this. I actually I actually do now that I've kind of swirled it around a little bit, I'm I'm starting to pick up a little bit more of the proof. It it seems a little bit heavier, I would say, than the, the written house does. On the palate I'm not getting as much of the fruity note of or the raisin. No, it's definitely spicier on the palate. For being a barely legal rye, meaning that it's right at 51%, it it still has some pretty spicy qualities to it. And I, and I think despite the mash bill, it is just, it really does have a good spice kick to it. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's, I feel like it's making up for the spice kick from the Rittenhouse in proof, maybe not necessarily in Mashville because it's the same Mashville, which I'm fine with because um, I, I tend to go for the higher proofs. And if I'm going to have a rye, there's almost that understanding it's going to be a little more punchy than maybe some of the bourbon that I drink, which is fine. And I get that a lot more with the Spikesville than I do with the Rittenhouse. I'm going to say something about the nose. Okay. That... Somebody a long, long time ago said about a nose on a rye whiskey that actually has never made it to air. Smells like tomato soup. Oh, (laughs) really? Yeah, I get the kind of uh, the earthiness of a tomato, like a tomato, like straight up out of the ground. That's got some of the herbs and everything in it. I'm having a hard time picturing that, but... (laughs) I, I definitely am, am getting an earthy tomato off the nose. I'm getting more of like a soil feel, a soil nose, like a some of like topsoil or some sort sort of soil in terms of that, like the ground. I'm not getting the tomato. I don't think. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean I I just am not getting it. I get the ground like fresh out of the ground kind of feel. Yeah. I'm kind of having a hard time picking notes out on this one. It's, it's good. It's really earthy. Yeah. It's, um, so I just, I looked at the prices on these too, just for our, our comparison here. Twenty three ninety nine versus fifty two ninety nine for Rittenhouse and Pikesville. Now I've constantly recommended Pikesville after having the two back to back, I don't know if I can quite do it for double the price. I don't think I can either. I actually, I think I enjoy 
the written house a little better. Yeah, I kind of think I do too. I will say Pikesville has more of like a rye like a rye profile, I yeah. feel. Yeah, I I think so too. Um in terms of just drink like me drinking it and trying to enjoy it, I think I like the written house profile better. It's also kind of led me to believe that I, I think that I may just start recommending a rye completely out of Evan Hill's wheelhouse. I mean, if you're in Kentucky, I would honestly tell you to grab, at this point, the New Riff Rye. Oh, yeah. Over this. Mm-hmm. And that's just because if you're looking for an actual strong, more than 51% rye that's drinkable, has a lot of versatility... Old Forester and New Riff have knocked this out of the park now. I mean, it's two years ago, anytime somebody would have said grab a rye, I would have told them Pikesville. No question. It's worth the money. They're going to ask, is it worth the 50 bucks? Yes. Pick it up. But now, I mean, Old Forester, if you're looking for cheap, that'd be the go-to. If you're looking to pay a little extra, New Riff. At least for me. I'd agree with that. And I mean, when you ask the question of, you know, what would you want to see Heaven Hill kind of do? I think I would like to see a little bit stronger of a rye selection, if, if that's the case. I would almost say they're missing that at this point because they've got, so they've got 100% corn whiskey. They've got the Bernheim 7-year, which is 100% wheat, wheat whiskey. whiskey. Yep. And they're missing 100% rye and 100% malt. But the malts never do well. Yeah. I've yet to see anybody do 100% malt and, and do well. Um, that's a bourbon distiller that has really latched onto that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, malt whiskey and stuff does great, but, you know, we're not Scotland. So there's some people that really struggle with that. Um, like, who would just put out one locally? We've got uh, Alltech. Uh, yeah, Town Branch. Town Branch just put one out. I've not heard anything on it. Nothing. I mean, nobody's bought one and told me whether it's good or not. No. Um I don't know. I, th- I think I'd like the 100% rye now more than I-, I used to. And if I was just starting and I was comfortable with the higher proof stuff, this is a no-brainer. Yeah. But it's still maybe not one that I'd recommend to somebody trying to make that leap from bourbon. So we have a review system on the podcast of nose, palate, finish, and price. Each category is out of five, and then we total everything up for a score out of 20, and we let you know whether or not... You should be interested in buying this. Who wants to go first on their scores? Do we want to do all of them or just... Well, let's go category by category. category. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll start off. So for the nose, I'm going to go with a three. I think it was a solid nose. Um, yeah. You know, had some of that spice, had some of the um, kind of the baking, baked good note that we've been talking about through all of heaven hill products it's it's very faint not as much on the pikesville uh i mean due to the the rye, it being a rye whiskey um but I, with that being said i think it's pretty even i think it's pretty solid uh i think it's it's good you know yeah yeah i'd give it a there's, three as well yeah there's nothing out of the norm nothing that's really putting me off on it i i think it's a good a good nose I actually gave it a two and a half. Um, I just think it's a little faint, and I want more from it jumping 10 proof points from the Rittenhouse. 
because I mean it's got a lot of similar notes to it, and granted, you know they're not gonna have a ton of variety in rye mm-hmm. between it, but there, you know that being said, there's plenty of distilleries that are doing huge varieties in rye. Yeah, like uh, Peerless. I mean, there's there's picks from them that are wildly different. Just you know, two years, three years, less age, and you know they're full rise. So I don't know. I just want a little more from it, so I'm gonna stick with two and a half. I uh, yeah, and I'm gonna stick with a, a a three as well, though. It's it seems like it just has more of a punch to it than the Rittenhouse does. Maybe not in a, a rice spice way, but I think that it actually has just more a, a more of a genuine quality to it. Um. Like more of those. a fullness to yeah, it. Yeah, that that's kind of what I what I'm finding there. Um, is it the most full bodied nose I've ever had on a rye whiskey? No, I don't think so. Um, but I do find it really inviting. Palette wise, though. Palette for me, I'm gonna give it a three too. It has that rye quality that I think that the written house kind of was missing a little bit. I think the it has more of the punch that we were talking about that we want from that rye whiskey. Um, I think it's a solid one. There's nothing you know crazy great about it. I just think it's a solid palate. I, I gave it a three and a half. I'm on. I gave it a three. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the stuff that I was missing from the nose showed up on the palate for me. And yeah. I, I just felt like it was... It gave you more rye spice than the Rittenhouse. And I think a lot of these scores are coming from me comparing it to the Rittenhouse. So if you like Rittenhouse sure. and you're yeah. trying to move up okay. to Pikesville, maybe mine's going to be a little more aligned to that. But the I, I personally felt it was much better, and this is where it showed out, was this in the finish um, comparatively to the Rittenhouse. Um, if I was looking at it against other ryes, I think the palette on this is actually one of the better ones i have a hard time saying if i was specifically looking at the palette to pick this over new riff personally but nose wise and finish wise i think maybe new riff might take it but um if i'm just looking at rittenhouse i do think this is worth the whole extra point for me yeah and i mean new riff is what five dollars less than than uh, pikesville is yeah so I I think that yeah I would probably and I'm 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 jumping past my my finish score which was a two point five, um, but I I think that I would probably buy Nurifry before I bought this. Mm-hmm. It's just more up my alley. Um. So price wise though. I think I'm going to sit out of three for this one. It's, I'm really torn on this because I know that this is a lot of what people will kind of lean towards when they think of right whiskey. But I'm just, I get it, but I'm not keen on it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that, again, New Riff Rye 
is a much better product for a little bit less money. Yeah, it may not be as widely available as Pikesville is, but if you can get the new Riff Rye, I would go for that. But at the same time, I, I feel like I might be a little biased trying to review this one. I don't know. I mean, if I'm so my finish price on this was three and a half. I thought the finish was also a really strong point on it. Um, it was lingering. I got more of the bourbon quality, you know, of, of not maybe the rye quality on the finish. So it's kind of familiarity brought me back to home a little bit. I think it was worth three and a half. Um, the price I actually also gave a three and a half. And the, my only reasoning on it was, is I can't really think of a whole lot of rye whiskeys that are 110 proof, really over a hundred. I mean, there's not a ton of people offering that. And if they are, the price goes through the roof. Um, I, there's nothing wrong with this. If you're, if you're transitioning, I guess, from bourbon to rye and you're not fully wanting yeah. to make the jump to a hundred percent rye, I think this is, it's a good intro. Rittenhouse is probably a better introduction. Um, just, you know, at the proof point, because this, it's like the proof, the extra 10 points really carries that rye spice home a little bit more. Um, but this is by no means a bad rye whiskey. I would solidly recommend this at any bar. I just think that there's more that I would recommend in front of it. Um, so yeah. if you've already tried the other stuff, this is this is great. This is fantastic. Go pick some of it up. Um, or even if you've you know you've tried a bunch of ryes and you're just like, well, Heaven Hill doesn't make rye. They make yeah. two. Look at the forty bottles on the other side of the shelf, and then look at like the two over here. Why would I pick one of those up from Heaven Hill? It's strong stuff. It's good stuff. Pick mm-hmm. it up. Um, for me, that puts me in a 13. For for me, on the finish, I gave it a 3. Um, I mean, basically, for the same reasons that you gave Swan. I I mean, it's just... It's a really good... Or did you give it a 3.5? I gave it a 3.5. Sorry. I, I'm giving it a 3. I think it's... I mean, I think this rye whiskey, this Pikesville, it's just... It's standard, really, really. It's a really good rye whiskey. There's nothing that's gonna surprise you. There's nothing that's gonna, you know, jump out at you to be kind of unique or different or put it a step above something. I think. Uh, I think it's just a really great standard to yeah. have if the if you're trying to transition into it, like you were saying. I think it's something that you should definitely pick up. Um, if you're tr- if you're interested in getting into rye whiskeys, um, price wise, I think I I gave it a two and a half. I think it's a little too high just just for me because I'm not gonna be one that's gonna be picking up a rye whiskey that much. Um, not to say that you know that's too high of a price or anything for me. I just think that is. Uh, so that puts me at eleven and a half. I think it's a recommend. I think it's a recommend, though. Mm-hmm. I think it is too, but I. I would recommend that you try this, maybe at a bar or in a cocktail before you actually. Yes. Went all in on a bottle. Mm. I think that's a probably a good rule for most rye whiskey because it seems like for me, if I like one, I'll buy a whole bottle, 
I like it that much. If I don't like it, if, if I get it and I buy it and it's awful, I will not drink the rest of it. Yeah. And it's so yeah. divisive for me. It's all I think in or nothing. One of the only nothing. ones that I would say go buy a bottle right now is like the new Riff. Yeah, I agree. And I, that might just be because, you know, it's as of recent, it's like, what have you done me, for me lately? And I think it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And the old Forester, too. I mean, it's just cheap. I mean, it's hard to say not to yeah. buy one of those. Yeah. Well, I think that does it for this review of this episode. We are not quite done yet, though. We do have tips and bits to get through where we recommend something. Maybe not bourbon, but we have something that we want you all to check out. Guys, do you all have tips and bits this week? I do. I came up with some. All right, so oh, I've been boy. listening to a ton of music. And two new albums that came out that I really liked. The new Black Keys album. Still have not heard it. It's good. I'm not going to try to spoil anything, but it's they took a very laid-back vibe compared to some of their other albums. If you like the Eagles, they've kind of got that vibe going on this album, which I, I like. It's it's a little more low-key and less you know, crazy guitar, um, some lighter singing, very soulful feeling at some points. I really enjoy it. Um, and then Revenge of the Dreamers 3. It's a new yep. album by um, Dreamville. Dreamville. Oh, okay. J. Cole. Yeah, J. Cole. He, there's some artists on that album that I swear I like them better in the collaborations that they do than their original music they put out, which is sad <laughs> because you think you found somebody you love and you start looking into their music and you're just like, ah, this is not great. Yeah. But on that album, it's pretty good stuff. Uh, so A lot of the time it's because they're heightened by it. The people around them. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, but, it, you know, it's definitely worth listening to. If you like J. Cole, it's more of him, so. Definitely. Um, for me, my tips and bits is uh, the new, well, it's not new, but Acid Rap by Chance the Rapper just got put on um, onto Spotify. And so definitely go back. If you haven't listened to it, definitely go back and listen to it. Because it gave me like a whole new appreciation about Chance the Rapper. Mm-hmm. That I, yeah, we've talked about Chance before on the show. Yeah, and uh, he has an album coming out in in July at oh, some point. Oh man! Um, so keep an eye out for that, and that'll probably be a tips and bit for me. Um, I just had a had a reappreciation for it. So so friends of the show, Colin and John over at the Hop Ons podcast, formerly a an, an Arrested Development review podcast, have just started doing uh, a review of Twin Peaks. And if you know me, you know that I love not only, of course, Arrested Development, but Twin Peaks as well. And those guys are doing a really, really awesome job of reviewing this series of Twin Peaks. They're only a couple episodes in, but it's definitely worth checking out. And then I... (laughs) I gotta be honest with you guys. I was just kind of going, what am I, what am I going to do with myself tonight? A, a few nights ago. And I found my, myself playing uh super Mario 64, uh, yes. which is a really fun game. And I, if you, you know, it's not all that easy to get into retro gaming, but if you can, that's a fun game. I know I'm like 20 years behind on this, but, you know, 
Super Mario 64 it was pretty good <laughs> take that game very seriously bad. the penguin slide level oh I'm not there yet I'm not there yet. When you get there, you're going to be like, this is no longer fun. <laughs> this is a mission. Why did I do this? Yeah, this is a mission. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for listening. This has been a really fun episode. Where can people find you all on social media, Curtis and Swan, if they would like to? On uh, Instagram, you can find me at KurtCon. On Twitter, Kurt underscore Con 15. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at MyBourbonFinder. If you would like to follow me, I am at pritter1492 on all social media channels. If you'd like to follow this show, it is at MyBurbanPod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Please give us a five-star rate and review on iTunes. That really does help us find new listeners and gets people just really enjoying the show, which is all that we're about here. BourbonShop.Thrillist.com is where you can find all of our apparel and merch. Uh, if you are so inclined to do so. And then if you would like to become a supporter of the show, you can head to patreon.com slash podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can help this show continue on and on and on. We really do appreciate any and all support that you can provide. Of course, there is no pressure into doing that. But if you are a supporter of the show on Patreon, You get bonus content like extra episodes, you get hangouts, you get live streams, all sorts of awesome things uh, over there. Again, at patreon.com slash mybourbonpodcast. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been a really fun week. I've enjoyed this one. But we will see you next week. Until then, I'm Perry. I'm Curtis. And I'm Swan. And this is My Bourbon Podcast. blacked out what happened <laughs> <laughs> sorry what i said <laughs>